Hey all, Jeremy here from the PTE Network, just popping in with a quick message before we start this week's show. If you're part of our Discord or our Facebook group, you may have seen the statement we released regarding the WGA and the SAG Afterstrikes, and how it's going to affect our shows in the immediate future. If you're not, I'm going to give you just a little recap here. Last week, the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists released some guidelines on their site for podcasters and how they can help support the strike, as well as how they would like podcasts to handle struck work. We here at the PTE Network affirm the rights of the workers of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and want to do everything in our power to stand in solidarity with them. Because of this, you're going to notice a little bit of a shakeup in our upcoming releases. The biggest thing you'll notice is that the 80s movie bracket is currently going on hold. We look forward to getting this out there for everyone to listen to, but until the strike is resolved and the unions have an acceptable contract in place, we will be refraining from releasing any content that could seem to be promoting any struck work, past, present, or future. With that said, our shows will continue to discuss non-struck work, including general knowledge trivia, music, and anything else that falls under the non-struck umbrella. This means that pub trivia experience and frenemy trivia, for the most part, will be largely unaffected, but may shift some of the content and purposely swing any questions we write away from being about anything that could constitute struck work. On Boozy Bracketology, you'll see us pivoting to other brackets for the time being. We have a lot of fun topics to debate that aren't movie or TV related, and we are shifting our release schedule around to bring those to you sooner rather than when we had them planned for after the 80s movie bracket. We appreciate everyone's continued support and understanding during all of this. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at contact at pubtriviexperience.com, join us on Discord at ptebb.com discord, or on our Facebook group, The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology. We'll update everyone if and when more information and clarity becomes available from SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. All right, you're probably tired of hearing me speak at this point, so without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of... Boozy Bracketology. Here at Boozy Bracketology, we believe in three things. That is strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. Tonight is the night. We are going to be crowning the champion of the best Stone Temple pilot song, STP. With me, I have your three. If they're not your favorite, they should be your favorite panelists. We have Mike, Chris, and Jeff, and I want to start this off in Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, how are you doing, and what are you drinking? I am doing wonderful because I have a delicious beverage here. This is from the DeClaw Brewing Company's Pastriarchy series. I think I've had one or two of their other beers from this series before. It's basically dessert in a can, and it's wonderful. This is their Mexican hot chocolate brown ale. It's absolutely fantastic. It's so, it's rich and chocolatey, and it's got that little bit of, like, pepperiness on the end. It, like, I, I feel like I've had a lot of Mexican hot chocolate style beers on this podcast and, and on the pub trivia experience, but that just goes to show how much I love them. And this, uh, this is right up there with my favorites. This actually might be my favorite one that I've had. This is really good. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm always so jealous. You always find the best beer. 
Moving on to our panelist that's currently on a beer cleanse. So I don't know that you'll have beer, but I would love to hear what's in your glass. Chris, how are you doing tonight and what are you drinking? Uh, sir, I'm doing well. Um, I did find out uh, yesterday, though, that as you know, frequent listeners know I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. There is a Moobies pop-up restaurant coming to Orlando, Florida for two weeks. Moobies, the fake fast food restaurant from the Kevin Smith universe. I am going to eat me a cow tipper. I am getting me some chocolate-covered pretzels. I am 100% on board to get a Moobie shake. I am very excited. I am taking a day off of work if I can get reservations. And I am risking COVID to go get myself a cow tipper. I am looking forward to this. And you know... You know I'm getting me some tater tots as well. Not tater tots, hater tots. I am getting hater tots. And some chocolate-covered pretzels because you have to get chocolate-covered pretzels. Uh, Sarah, I'm I'm talking like this because I'm trying to avoid, honestly, the decisions that we're about to make because I think I'm about to break my own heart. And the only way I can think to do this is with literally the strongest glass I have available. This is... A single barrel, barrel select pick from Kenny's Liquor here in Riverview, Florida. This is a Jack Daniels single barrel select. This is the strongest drink I have in the house. It is 132 proof. It is a strong drink. Dude. I am a big Jack Daniels fan. I love Jack Daniels. This pick is... I'm I'm only going to have one glass. Not just because it's strong, but because... Like, I only have one bottle. I can only get one bottle of this. And once it's gone, it's gone. And this is one of my all-time favorite private barrel selections of my one of my favorite distilleries. <sighs> I can't think of a better way to make these decisions than while drinking Jack Daniels and hoping I don't regret some of the things I'm about to say. And that is why I'm hosting, because I get to sleep tonight, because I don't have to make these difficult decisions. And I want you to think, just if it's going to break your heart, just pretend it's breaking my heart. That takes us last but never least, Raleigh, North Carolina. Jeff, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Doing well. Uh, Chris, that just reminds me of how we, uh, uh, every year for our chemical engineering class trip, uh, we would... um, uh, in college, we would make the uh, the pilgrimage from Nashville down to Lynchburg to tour the Jack Daniels distillery. Uh, so I've, I've gone through it three times now as uh, an official chemical engineering student because, you know, we, we needed to study the separations process. Uh, and uh, Mike, as a uh, as a devotee of Duclaw's Sweet Baby Jesus, uh, the uh, um, I am more than interested to try some of their beers uh other beers um as a uh uh it is right now i am drinking my uh home brewed chocolate raspberry tropical stout uh on this beautiful day on raleigh which it is way too hot to be drinking a stout but whatever i brewed it i drink it um I also wanted to point out that, uh, not to date this episode too much, but tomorrow evening begins the Jewish holiday of Purim. Uh, It is a uh, wonderful and fun holiday on which it is uh, 
said in the Talmud, uh, the, uh, the rabbi Rava wrote, it is one's duty to make oneself fragrant with wine on Purim until one cannot tell the difference between Arur Haman and Baruch Mordechai. Those are very different phrases, and that requires a pretty substantial degree of drunkenness. I'm going to have to get started on that a day early, which is what I'm doing right now. Jeff, that only highlights the, the vast differences between the uh, chemical engineering student at Vanderbilt's college experience and the finance major at Florida State University's college experience. Vastly, <laughs> vastly different as I chugged copious amounts of Natty Light. So, <laughs> cheers, I thought finance people all did cocaine. That was... Uh... <laughs> Dude, this isn't the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I was I in Tallahassee you, in 2001. Engineer, I have no concept of what finance people do. Actually, to be fair, it was Tallahassee. It was 2001. There probably was copious amounts of cocaine. I never noticed. Yeah, my, my, maybe just around the football team. <laughs> Remind me to give you my mailing address after this show, Jeff. I'd be happy to try some of your homemade beer as well. And with that, folks, as they gentlemen have said we have some tough decisions ahead we're gonna dive right into it it's you know when the going gets tough the tough gets going we're gonna rip it off like a band-aid i just want to remind you because we have three panelists we have unlimited buzzer beaters and they'll probably be used as we get a little bit closer to crowning the champion again of the best stone temple pilot song so just a reminder, if it's a tie going in, you do have the opportunity to say one last thing before the decision is made. And with that, we are going to start right out of the gate with your number one seed plush going against the number four seed Vaseline. Mike, start us off. Of course, I got to start off. Oh, my goodness. I, I mentioned in the last round uh, that I almost voted against Vaseline in favor of Sour Girl before thankfully coming to my senses and re-listening to it today. And I think the reason that Vaseline is such a quick song, it's it's I think it clocks in at under like it's like right around two and a half minutes. It's a quick song. It's it's a it's a rager. So it just kind of like it gets in, gets out, but it definitely sticks in your head. I think musically it is such a phenomenal song. Um, I was one of the things I noticed. I was listening to it today. It actually, uh, the percussion is actually hand drums. Uh, if I was if I was hearing it correctly, which is something I literally never noticed before. I thought that was so interesting. And I look at this matchup now, and this is a lot tougher than I originally thought that it was going to be. What I come back to is this, though. Scott Weiland was known to, in concerts before Stone Temple Pilots would play plush, because Stone Temple Pilots had to play plush in every concert, because they just did. He was known to say right before they started playing it, here's a song you've never heard before. Because he clearly knew that plush was the kind of in the minds of so many people was the stone temple pilot song. And it's a fantastic song. And it, it, the vocal performances just 
phenomenal. Like I, it, I think it's it's definitely one of Wyland's better vocal performances. Like he. He never really gave a bad vocal performance. Don't get me wrong, but but Vaseline doesn't doesn't jump out in that sense uh, in, vocally as much as uh, it does. It does maybe more musically. But where I'm making this decision is probably a little unfair. But I think it's this, and it's that I love to play and sing plush on guitar. <laughs> It's one of those songs that it's more fun to wail to sing along to. Vaseline's a great song, and it, it it's it's fun to sing along to as well. But you you don't you don't do it from the belly and the diaphragm when you're singing along to it the way you do with Plush. There's something about that song that really connects, and is the reason that it it is kind of considered the Stone Temple Pilot song. I think in many ways. And it remains so well-known and iconic to this day. So I got to give my vote to Plush. And with the first vote going to Plush, Chris, what are your thoughts? Oh, thank God, Mike. I'm so glad you did that. Uh, and the reason I'm so glad you did that is you put me in a position where I don't have to vote against Plush because I love Vaseline. Vaseline, to me... Um, is a really good rendition. Mike, if you can't tell, Mike and Jeff are very much the music guys in this group, and I, I like the poetry. I like the meaning. I like knowing what songs are about. I like to know what the inspiration is. And Vaseline, as Mike stole my thunder last episode, um, Vaseline is about a guy dealing with addiction and hiding addiction from the people that are closest to him. Vaseline, in retrospect of the life of Scott Weiland is a powerful, powerful song about addiction and the lengths people will go to to hide that addiction from the people that they love because they're trying to shield them from harm. Um, it also talks about the pain of, of relapse and the pain of, of what it's like to just be drawn back to a place they know is bad, but they can't escape from. Vaseline is a more impactful song to me. I don't want to make this decision, and I get to punt. I am going with Vaseline, and I am not using a buzzer beater. I'm going to make Jeff make the decision because there's not – these are top – both of these should be final four songs to me. In my head, these are both final four songs for Stone Temple Pilots, and I don't want to make this decision. Jeffrey, it's up to you. Chris, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! The nice thing you ever said to me. This was the hardest decision of this round, easily, and I think that just speaks to how good of a song Vaseline is. As uh, uh, Chris alluded to, it's it's a song that gets better when you know what it's about. Uh, there, there really are uh, only a few songs that I feel like. Uh, it's you maybe don't know what it's about at the very beginning when you start listening to it. And then when you learn what it's about, oh, maybe you thought it was a little overplayed or a little bit way too associated with your uh, freshman and sophomore bus rides into uh, to school. And that gave you a new appreciation of it. Vaseline is one of those songs. Uh, I put uh Matchbox 20s 3am in that bucket as well. Uh, I think there's uh, there's a couple of others that uh, that that come to mind. Vaseline is a, a great song. Uh, 
certainly better than no Vaseline, Ice Cube, you anti-Semitic motherfucker. Uh, the uh, um, the thing I just keep coming back to, though, is I I, I spoke about this on the uh, in the, the Nirvana podcast we just did about how you can listen to a song and get something different out of it every time. And how you can concentrate on some different aspect of the song every given time. I think Plush is one of those songs. Uh, Plush is one of the so- those songs where uh, something else jumps out at you, whether it's Wyland's great vocal performance or the the simple yet interesting guitar parts that uh, that weave together really well the the rise and fall the flow of it it's it's such a a great and classic song that uh that i think it deserves a final four berth so give it to plush poor vaseline i'm sorry i'm sorry vaseline don't be offended you're a great song you just got steamrolled by a titan it's okay Hey, trivia lovers, want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way? Check out Liquid Courage Entertainment. With a wide range of offerings online, LK has you covered, streaming a wide variety of trivia games on Twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like Tringo, Guestimate, Mega Sheep, and more. Or check out the World Trivia Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K. Innovative, interactive, intoxicating. And with an early nail biter as expected, Plush does knock out Vaseline. Moving on, we have the number three seed tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart, going against the number two seed, Creep. Chris, you punted the last one. You get to start this one. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are I voted against Punching a Hole in a Paper Heart last time because I genuinely love the song Wonderful. Uh, But, like, Paper Heart's such a good song. It's such a good song, and it makes me bad. It makes me feel terrible that I have to vote against it twice. Um, Creep is an iconic song for me for Stone Temple Pilots. There's a version of Creep. I'm not sure of those of you that know this. Uh, in 2001, there's a live album that was the 2001 Family Values Tour. The Family Values Tour was Static X, Linkin Park, Stained, and Stone Temple Pilots. And I think there was one more band that I don't remember who it was. But there's a live version of Creep, everybody, where it's Scott Weiland and Aaron Lewis singing that song. And those, for heavy metal fans out there, and for, I guess you can call Stone Temple Pilots grunge-ish, Aaron Lewis is an iconic voice in the heavy metal scene, but that guy's got a voice. From from a vocal performance standpoint, those two going side-to-side is amazing. Creep is a much more memorable song to me for that simple reason. Um, then there's also the line where it goes, then she tells me I'm a creep, and I was like, oh, 
I love creep. I do. I, it's I'm a sucker for ballads. I'm a sucker for emotional shit. I get that. I am a mark. I'm okay with that. Creep to me is a more memorable song. I can't believe I got to vote against Paper Heart twice though. Oh my god. What did you do, Mike? This is Mike, this is your fault. I love that song too. Um yeah. Yeah, I would rather be voting Wonderful over over Creep, and I keep I'm going to say that. But no, in this case, I've got to go Creep. I think Creep is the better song. And if you haven't listened to that live version uh, from a concert uh, at the Family Value Store in 01, go do it. You're miss- If you're not doing that and you're a Stone Temple Pilots, Pilots fan, you're missing out because that version, that live version of that song is absolutely amazing. I want to say it was Corn that was also on the Family Values Tour, but I could definitely be wrong. Um, but that is a vote for Creep. And with that, Jeff, we want to hear your thoughts on this. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so I think there's also a, a really great acoustic version of Creep out there as, as well, if, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, that really does showcase Scott Weiland's vocal abilities. But I think when it comes to... to Wyland's vocals. Uh, the fact that that in in a song that's as bouncy and fun as "Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart," that you can get the pathos out of the he, uh, the the chorus where he's just screaming, "I'm not dead and I'm not for sale." There's a reason the man named his autobiography "Not Dead and Not for Sale." Uh, it, it's it's this great combination of uh, a bouncy, fun, glamish song with this undercurrent of darkness that is like catnip to me. Uh, Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart is probably my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song. Uh, I'm going to give it the vote here and force Mike to make this difficult decision. <laughs> this isn't easy, right, Jeff? Like, th- this decision is tough. No, it is. It is tough. It is tough. I, 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 I give I give creep credit, but I just think tripping on a hole in a paper heart is just such a a multifaceted, fun, amazing song. Uh, I, I think it's 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 worth putting it up against plush and seeing what the hell happens there because oh man, <laughs> oh god, well. All right, Mike, this we're leaving this one up to you. You have to make the decision between tripping on a hole in a paper heart and creep. Good luck, my friend. So before I do that, I just want to take a brief moment to make Chris jealous. I distinctly remember the Family Values Tour of 2001 because I was there. Oh, uh, yeah, that was. Was it Dead Sea? Was Dead Sea the opening act? I, you know, to be honest, there were five acts, and I only remember—it's I, I, terrible—but I only remember Lincoln Park, Stain, and STP. And no, Static X was there because I had the—I remember the live version of Push It, and I think it was Dead Sea because I think Dead Sea did a cover of Tom Sawyer. It—it might have been—it might have been different bands in different places. I saw it in DC, so um, so I'm not sure. I I genuinely don't remember. Uh, it was bands that I was maybe familiar with at the time but but the the only thing i remember is 
Well, I, I remember a lot, but but one of the things that I remember, which I just it's just this is just a really funny anecdote that I'm partially doing to stall for time. Uh, but on the at the encore, Scott Weiland walks out and he is completely naked, except he's wrapped in an American flag. <laughs> and that's how he did the encore. But the funniest part was what that song? <laughs> I, that's what I, I cannot remember what song. It might be on setlist.fm. I got to look it up later. But uh but that the 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 and you know he did some sort of spiel about you know uh, freedom of expression all that kind of stuff and you know all that kind of stuff. But the funniest part was of course at the very end when as he's walking off the stage wrapped in in this American flag and completely butt ass naked. Other than that, uh, one of the other band members I don't remember which grabs the American flag. So yes, I have seen Scott Weiland's bare ass. <laughs> oh God, this is a tough decision. Um. Jeff, in the in the uh, the acoustic version of Creep that I think you're referring to, uh, is actually my preferred version because I think that's the one where in the second verse, instead of kind of keeping that even keel on the then she tells me I'm a creep part, he yeah, that's, kicks it up right. Then she tells me right, like he 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 turns it up and like it's like that's my favorite version, but it but in a way like I don't know which one fits the 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 sense of the song more, whether to just keep it even keel or do that. I don't, I don't know. They're both fans. They're both fantastic versions of the song. Uh, it is a great song. It is an iconic song, but my God, tripping on a paper hole and tripping on a hole in a paper heart. It is such a, as Jeff said, it's such a bouncy sign. You're exactly right. When he, when he sings that I'm not dead and I'm not for sale and, and the follow-up line, like, how indicative of this mentality that he had to have had at that time. I don't want to put, well, I'm not putting words into his mouth. He's saying the freaking words, but hold me closer. Let me go. That's like, that's the, the, that's got that whole push pull sort of thing that he had to have been dealing with at the time. Like he doesn't want to let go of his addiction because it's an addiction and that's what it does. And yet at the same time, he's crying. He's like, he wants the help, but he also doesn't want the help. And it's, it's such an interesting song. Uh, these are both interesting songs. These are both great songs. I think I ultimately have to vote for Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart because I just think musically it is a little more interesting. And honestly, I just fucking love that guitar solo. <laughs> like, like that is just, it's so amazing that, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go with Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart. And with that, moving on is tripping on a hole in a paper heart. And Chris, you are right. It was Dead Sea. I don't know why I thought of corn, but honestly, it's the first time I thought of corn in 20 years. So shout out to them um, because there was a time and place for corn in my life. So, Sarah, I think corn started the Family Values tour. Like they were the first, they did. Yeah, the yeah. first headliners. You know, good times. I, lo I love these because they bring up so. So much right? nostalgia in my life. It's amazing. Um, so I get to share that time in my life before I met you wonderful people. So, But it's only getting tougher, folks. We are moving on. Now you have to decide between the number one seed interstate love song and number four seed Big MT. Jeff. We just had our first upset of the whole bracket. A three two upset. That's that's pretty amazing. Uh, <laughs> so this is an interesting 
matchup between two kind of country-inflected songs off of, uh, I think they're both off Purple, right? I'm, I'm not messing that up. Uh, gosh, they're, they're, and they're both such great songs with a lot of positive memories attached to them. Uh, Big Empty, this, the, the, the cleverness and simplicity of the guitar chords in that chorus. I, I, one of the things about Stone Temple Pilots that, that always kind of gets me is, is the, the ability to, and maybe I'm, I'm telling on myself and, and Mike here is, uh, is guitar players who you know, learn how to play these songs in a, a lot of cases together, that there, there's certain chord progressions in some of these songs that they're not the standard chord progressions and they're not even the standard weirdo uh, chord progressions that some of the other bands use but they're they're adventurous and interesting and kind of fun to play and big empty is is that you're just taking the g and you're just moving it up and that sounds like it just needs to be so simple but it's a sound that not a lot of people have really messed with so i uh, i mean the the only song that i can think of that kind of compares to it is man on the moon uh rem where you take the c shape and move it up kind of that same way uh anyway i'm getting into real guitarist inside baseball here but that sticks with me when i think of the big empty because of uh the ability to kind of sound like sound unique it, within the context of rock music where it's very difficult to carve out this unique flavor and i want to give it to, to 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 big empty despite the fact that i'm going to vote against them because interstate love song also manages this uniqueness and it's less from the chords specifically but more from a blend of genres that just don't go together uh like like grunge and southern rock uh, the, the uh the yeah sure maybe the 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 venn diagram of those two fan groups is almost a circle but the uh you're you're combining two things that that i don't think anyone had really combined that much before except maybe jokingly uh and Interstate Love Song takes these two things, two of which are two of my favorite genres, and makes them sound beautiful. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a masterpiece, honestly. I think uh, the more I listen to Interstate Love Song, the more I love it. Uh, so. It gets my vote, but uh, you know, uh, just just as I said in in the first round, I, I love you, Vaseline. I love you, Big Empty. You're you're a great song. I mean, no ill will towards you, but uh, but Interstate Love Song has to get my vote. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that is a confused but loving vote for Interstate Love Song, Mike. What do you have to say? Oh, gosh, Jeff. I'm rolling because uh, when you mentioned the guitar chords of Big Empty, I, 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 
not that long ago, maybe you month- taught me those chords. You taught no, I me know. that. Oh, I know, I know. And but 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 I was actually going to tell a very similar story about the unique chord structure because uh, not a couple months ago, maybe a month or two ago, I was going back through old songs that I had written. And one song, I think we only jammed it like once or twice. It never really took off uh, as, as unexpectedly sober. But uh, I, I literally had written, I, I think it was it was G A B A was the progression. But I wrote in parentheses, big empty form, big empty chord style, or something like that. And it like, <laughs> and that's what I was gonna bring up because that it's that. It's again, it's that's a little bit um archaic, maybe, but it's but that was an iconic enough thing for us that like we remembered those that interestingness of that chord shape. It was it's a it's basically just an open G chord, as you said, moved up and down. I don't I don't want to get bogged down and all that kind of stuff, but that showcased to me how much that song means to me and how much of an iconic song that that is in that fact that I had referenced it in that way and very much like Jeff. I've got to vote against it. I love Big Empty. It is a fantastic song. I love the way that it, after that second chorus, he allows himself, it allows himself to just drift into this very like mellow, like you you barely hear Wyland's oohs and the and the and the 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 instruments are almost completely dropped out, and then and it brings it back into that final chorus. I love like that whole structure is just fantastic. Big Empty is a phenomenal song, and Interstate like, Love Song is way worse about my vote. No, because Interstate Love Song is just better. But it, it, it just, I mean, as great of a song as Big Empty is, Interstate Love Song is just better. So one of the things with Stone Temple Pilots, like musically speaking, is they would always. I was just thinking about it, but they would always kind of have a couple of musical motifs and they would revisit them throughout the song. Interstate Love Song is one of the few songs that I can think of where the way that they intro it, they never bring it back to that intro. It's just that intro leads into the song and then that's the song. Like they don't ever try to come back around to that. It's an interesting structure. Uh, Total side note, but it does. It has that. It just has this charm to it that it's sort of like it's got a southern feel and yet it is very much grungy and of its of that musical moment and yet completely timeless wyland's vocals are fantastic it it this is this is a this is a matchup of two juggernauts and uh one is just the juggernaut bitch interstate love song moving on so we have two fake votes for Big Empty and two real votes for Interstate Love Song. Chris, do you have anything to add to this? Oh my God. So I've got so much to unpack here. One is the fact that Mar- that freaking Mike said to throw that in my face with a freaking juggernaut quote from the Marvel comics. Like, that's what you decided to emphasize after I said Big Big Empty is my favorite Sunset Pilot song. You decided to, ed- to, to end your spiel after telling me why Big Empty meant so much to you with... It's juggernaut, bitch. Man, screw you. <laughs> screw you. Okay, we just heard two different people tell me why Big Empty meant so much to them and tell me why they didn't vote for it. And they didn't give me a valid reason why Interstate Love Song is a better song. You know what the best thing I heard there was? Oh, well, it, it successfully 
meshed southern rock with grunge. Okay, Social Distortion successfully meshed country music with freaking SoCal punk. A bigger hill to climb, my friends. A bigger hill We're to climb. We're not doing a Social Distortion bracket, Chris. I am talking here, sir. I will mute you if I have to. It's a bigger hill to climb. Big Easy is a better song. It means a lot more to me personally, so I'm going to get defensive about it. I get that. But to me, it it, it to me it, it's a better song. It's it's lyrically to me a better song. It's my gateway to a band that I love, and that's what it boils down to. It is the gateway that I have to a band that I love, and I am coming to terms with you know seven years later the fact that I'm not going to get a new no ten years later because 2010 when their last album came out, their last true album came out. I'm not going to get any new music from them, not in the iteration that I fell in love with. Um. It is big empty to me, and I am feeling the big empty inside because I literally can't believe I just listened to two people wax poetic about a song and then vote against it. I now know how Steven feels. Well, first of all, big shout out to Steven Ford, by the way. We send our love. He's, Secondly, he's home. He got discharged today. Have, have we finally replaced the Santa Monica reference now? Can we can we just start just with big empty references up, now? <laughs> the fresh wound from Santa Monica might have shifted. So maybe we have two things to break his heart with, poor guy. Well, that was a great case, Chris. And I'm with you, my friend. But Interstate Love Song will ultimately move on. And it is going to face the winner of our next matchup, which is, again, your number three seed, Wicked Garden, and your number two seed, Sex Type Thing. And Mike, you're going to start us off on this one. Chris needs a few minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, the, the main reason I waxed poetic about Big Empty was because I knew I wouldn't get another chance, and I knew I would get another chance with Interstate Love Song. Uh, and it's going to go up against one of these two songs. And, uh, for me, I think this is an interesting matchup. I, these are back-to-back songs off of core that the, the two, three punch that comes after dead and bloated. I uh, and I kind of, I have voted against sex type thing in the previous round, uh, in favor of pretty penny, just cause I think it's the more interesting song and i love and you know i love a i love a good acoustic number uh obviously neither of these are acoustic numbers this these are both uh examples of stp cranking that that distortion up to 11 and letting it rip um i think that uh sex type thing probably has maybe the the more the catchier riff with it but Overall, I like Wicked Garden better. I think I like I think it's lyrically more interesting. I think the I think the uh, Wyland's well Wyland's vocal performance is good in both. Oh man, because you know uh, I do love in Sex Type Thing when he sings the part about you want to know about atrocity and like the way that his voice like just reaches there. Oh gosh, okay maybe this is tougher than I thought. Shit. Oh, my my instinct was for Wicked Garden, and now I'm second guessing myself. But I do I do always think about it. I want to run through your Wicked Garden. I mean, 
man, these are two really good songs. Uh, and I, I don't know how to really choose between them other than to just go from a pure, I'd love to try and rationalize a little more, but ultimately the, 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 just my pure emotional gut tells me I like wicked garden just a little bit better. And that's kind of all I'm ultimately, all I'm finding myself being able to grab onto. Cause I do really like both these songs. And I think both these songs uh, in terms of the sound that they were going for on core are, are two of the highlights, but I I'm going to vote for wicked garden. That is one vote for wicked garden. Do we have a three, two upset coming our way? Chris, what do you think? I was really tempted just to give you my vote and not talk, but God knows that's not me. Um, I waxed poetic about why sex type things should move on in the last round. And that this is where it dies. Wicked Garden's the better song. It's, sex type thing to me is a more iconic song. It actually did drive a more important conversation than I want to run through your wicked God. and heard that. Song. It's, it's, it's a more impactful song, but I can name damn near every lyric to wicked garden. I don't know that I'm ever going to listen to sex type thing all the way through again in my life. Wicked garden to me is a more impactful. I don't want to say it's a more impactful song. But the song I'm gonna I'm going to be thinking about more often, uh, sex type thing. It, it did drive a conversation that was vastly and, and greatly needed in this country. And I feel bad saying this, but Wicked Garden I'm gonna go with because I'm gonna flat out listen to that song more often. And Wicked Garden will be moving on. But, Jeff, we do want to hear what you have to say on these two songs. Well, I'm glad I don't have to make the difficult decision here. Uh, so, yeah, Wicked Garden, I, I agree with my fellow panelists. It is the better song. It is the more interesting song. Uh, it is the more worthy song. That's all I got. And with that, Wicked Garden is moving on. And I don't know if this has happened on Boozy Bracketology, but the left side of the bracket is a 1-3 matchup, and the right side of the bracket is the 1-3 matchup. So your final four is Plush, Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart, Interstate Love Song, and Wicked Garden. And starting us off with the one-seed Plush against the three-seed Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart. Chris, start us off. I hate Mike Mott. I hate Mike Mott. Because not only did he tear my heart out with Big Empty leaving, he's going to make me vote against Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart three times in one bracket when I love that song. Dude. Like, in all seriousness, I sound Don't like you it. were a Stone Don't Temple Pilots it. fan. Don't but do it. I have to do it. Plush is a better song. It's more iconic, and you, this is what it is. And I said this in the last episode, but for Plush, it, the version of the song that you play on the radio is great. Headbangers Ball. The acoustic version of Plush is amazing. It is amazing. The vocal talent that he has just with an acoustic guitar is insane. It's insane. And this is the song that really 
introduced Stone Temple Pilots to the masses. Like this is the song that that put core in the band itself on the map. This is the song you think of when you think of the album. The first album, this is what you think of. You think of Plush. Damn it, you're making me vote against that song three times, you bastard. You bastard. Oh, my God. I am so legitimate. You guys can't see this at home. I am literally mad right now. I am literally fuming for no reason at Mike because he had no control over this. He had very little control over this. Plush, and I feel terrible saying that because Paper Heart is a phenomenal song. It is. And now I feel like the freaking consumerist because I'm going with the popular song. But it's the it's Headbangers Ball is what it boils down to. That is a memorable performance. It is a memorable performance. Plush is my vote. Let's see what the other two say. And it's in their hands. All right, so that is a vote for Plush because Chris obviously hates tripping on a hole in a paper heart. So, Jeff, what do you have to say in this matter? Uh, Chris said he was going to uh, to to be forced to be a consumerist and all of this stuff. Allow me to be the hipster uh, and cast my vote for tripping in a hole in a paper heart here uh while i you know swill my home brew and uh i don't know eat eat a kale salad or what the fuck ever i I don't know uh fill in your hipster uh um stereotypes here lord knows raleigh has its share of hipsters uh the uh the fact is i agree chris that acoustic version of plus is incredible uh i just i just feel it more from tripping in a hole in paper heart though like i i feel scott's vocals i feel his frustration i feel his just i feel like it's just a more powerful vocal performance weirdly i don't understand how but when you put it up against this uh, uh, more upbeat music with an incredibly fun guitar solo (laughs) and you have someone just sounding like he's screaming out for his life, please, like, Please help me out. This is uh uh I I I I don't know. I think that tripping on a hole in a paper heart just has so much more oomph behind it from both the musical perspective of being I don't know, it's more interesting musically, but it's uh you know, it's certainly more fun musically. And and just being better both lyrically and vocally than plush, I think. I have to I have to kick this to Mike, let him make the decision because tripping on a hole in a paper heart is just a truly great and transcendent song. I think it's uh uh it never got the the uh, the popularity it deserved when it was out there. Uh, 
I've got to give it a shot here. Well, in a uh, move, unbeknownst to Chris at the time, this falls on Mike's shoulders. Before Mike had started, does anyone else want to yell at him some more? Take it away, Mike. Pardon me for a moment. I need to polish off the rest of my beer here. Come on, man. <laughs> Jeff, I don't know whose heart he's about Fuck to Fuck you both. Give it the guitar this, solo. <laughs> this was supposed to be... This was supposed to be decided by by the time it came to me. Oh gosh, I was all ready to throw my token vote. The other, oh, I don't even. I genuinely don't even know what I'm going to say here. In the final four, we have the best songs off of the first three Stone Temple Pilots albums. And in my opinion, I mean, I think in all of our opinions, because that's why they're here. And we got uh, purple because you know as Chris made very well, clear to us in the last round. <laughs> well, fair, 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 fair. But, all right. Uh, thank you for deferring, de delaying this. And this is where, is this, you, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. My consumerist versus hipster sides are having this civil war they're playing you know what i'll i'll borrow from seinfeld there it's like like when you remember when jerry's penis and his brain were playing a chess mass with each other like in that one seinfeld episode like this is the consumerist side of me and the history side of me playing a chess match like that's that's kind of how this feels um i'll i'll be honest i, I went when i went through and filled out this bracket at the beginning of the day i had Plush versus tripping on a hole in the paper heart in my final four. I had this exact matchup, and I put and I put tripping on a hole in a paper heart ahead of plush. I did. I I just I I love both of these songs. I do. Tripping on a hole in a paper heart is just it's got more of an energy that appeals to me now, and the way that that contrasts with the lyrics is interesting to me. Plush is plush would honestly be the more emotional pick for me uh, because when I was thinking about plush uh, for whatever reason, like I've thought about so many times, like sitting in my car wailing along to that song because it's the song that comes on on the radio. All the, it's, it's this, it's one of those Stone Pilot songs you still hear. Uh, Tripping on a whole paper heart really isn't. It doesn't pop up on the radio very much anymore. I think that's a shame because I think it's a wonderful song. I, and I just, I have so many memories of wailing along the plush in my car, drumming on the steering wheel, all that kind of stuff. That would be the emotional pick. I think... I think tripping on, I'm going to stick with my gut from the beginning of the day. I think tripping on a hole in a paper heart is the more interesting song. It's a song that I think showcases a lot of what Stone Temple Pilots is capable of because it's got, it's got the crunchy riffs like plush does, but it also has the raging guitar solos. It's got the, the musicianship Wyland's vocals. You can't go wrong either way. Uh, lyrically, you really can't go wrong either way. Um, and, I actually am kind of like curious to see if I could put Chris in a position of making him vote against him before time too. <laughs> no, but I, I, I am, I'm ultimately going to stick with it. I'm going to vote for tripping on a hole of paper heart and it, 
sucks because like I I'd never I it's hard to envision me voting against plush, but but here here I am. So move it on. And with that, Tribbin on a hole and a paper heart is moving on. And it is gonna go against the winner of the number one seed, Interstate Love Song, and the number three seed, Wicked Garden. And Jeff, you're going to start us off on this one. So Chris got pissed off at us in the last round for not making a positive case for Interstate Love Song. I will attempt to do so here. Uh, so one of the things I, I want you all to, 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 to pay attention to next time you listen to this song is, you know, Listen to the the drum fill in between f- guitar phrases in the intro. And then there's a, there's this 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 little drum fill. It's 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 a, it's a little thing, but it ties things together just like the Big Lebowski's rug did. It it ties the room together. It ties the song together and. Interstate Love Song is a study in doing the little things that make a song cohere and doing them well. It may not be Scott Weiland's most passionate vocal performance. It may not be Dean DeLeo's greatest guitar work. It may not be Eric Kretz's best drumming technically speaking but if you look at all of those little pieces there's just no air no gaps in between them the way the song coheres it it does so in a way that no other stone temple pilot song does and it does so in a way that very few other songs in general do it's it is the classic example of a piece of art where the whole is just so much more than the sum of its parts. Uh, that is what I love about Interstate Love Song. It is the the harmony and coherence among all of these different pieces and the standard pieces of a rock band working together to produce something beautiful. Interstate Love Song gets my vote. And starting off with a vote for Interstate Love Song. Mike, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I I am really sorry for uh to Chris for for having to vote against his gateway into Stone Temple Pilots, but Interstate Love Song was my gateway into Stone Temple Pilots. I, like I said, I heard Creep was the first Stone Temple Pilots song that I heard. I liked it. I wasn't, it didn't inspire me to seek more out. I can't even say Interstate Love Song is the second Stone Temple Pilots song that I've heard. I can say it's the first song that I heard by Stone Temple Pilots that made me go, holy shit, I need to know who does this song. And find out everything about that band, which is pretty much exactly what I did. Fortunately, everything about that band at that time was just two albums, but uh, it, it, it pulls you in slowly through that, that twanging riff. And then it, it 
you know, and had Jeff, Jeff mentioned, Jeff mentioned the drum fill. It's just got that very brief. It hits the hi-hat a couple times and then it brings you, brings you into that Southern rock riff. I mean, and the way, the way the, the way that the, he does a little palm muting thing between the, uh, the lyrics of the vocals. It's so cool. Uh, J- Jeff said a lot about the musicianship of that song. It is phenomenal. I genuinely think like in terms of inflection and everything like that, I don't know if impassioned, if it's the most impassioned or whatever, but in terms of servicing the song and servicing the lyrics, I think interstate love song might be my favorite Wyland vocal. It's so well done. Uh, especially the way that at the very, the last line where he says, goodbye and the way that he trails it off it's so it's it's wonderful i love interstate love song uh wicked garden i do like a lot too i've spoken about it hopefully enough in the previous few rounds to emphasize that i really like that song a lot as well uh but i'm sorry wicked garden in the 90s alternative rock bracket interstate love song beat smells like teen spirit it was gonna beat you too (laughs) Sorry, Interstate Love Song. Send it to the finals. And it is going to go to the finals. But I do want to hear from my friend Chris. Oh, I want to burn their wicked gardens to the ground. <laughs> no, at, at the end of the day, like I I do like Interstate Love Song, but the, the vocals from Wicked Garden are going to echo in my brain until I leave this earth. The the thought of Scott Weiland wailing and burn burn down burn their burn your wicked garden to the ground. I, I don't know what it means. This sounds terrible. I don't know what it means, but it's going to echo in my brain for the rest of my life. Um, his voice will literally haunt me because I th- I thought his voice is that majestic. Uh, I'm going wicked garden, um, and that's only not only because I want to be the voice of contrarianism, but also because like I, I it's a more memorable song to me. And I am counting your vote for Wicked Garden. But that brings us to the big one, the championship, what we've all been waiting for. And like the last round, it is again a matchup of the one seed and the three seed, which is a theme near the end of this bracket here. So going head to head for the champion spot is your number three seed of Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart. And the one seed of Interstate Love Song. And Mike, I'm going to let you start us off on this. You know, this is really unfair. I had to start off in the very very beginning of the whole thing. And now I got to start off the championship round too. So that, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I think at this point I've said, I don't know if I've said all that can be said about these songs, but I've said a lot of what I feel about both these songs. Clearly, I love both of these songs, and I think probably you could already anticipate based on my previous uh, thoughts that I love Interstate Love Song more. I think it is such a masterpiece. I think the uh, I love the sounds of the guitars. It's a little it's a little mellower, which makes it maybe a little a little bit more removed from. Stone Level Pilots general discography, but it still has that distortion and that riffing that the DeLeo brothers were so good at doing. And I think that the vocal performance is phenomenal. I love the way both I, I love the way both these songs actually like they 
their Stone Temple Pilots actually they had a lot of like really like long songs that had several different movements. And these are two examples of Stone Temple Pilots songs that kind of get in quicker, make their point, and get out, uh, which is actually pretty cool. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that uh, God, I say at the end of the day a lot. Um, <laughs> these are this is a great final matchup. I think that honestly, the final four was a fantastic final four. Any of those songs could arguably be considered Stone Temple Pilots' best song. And quite frankly, 99.5% of all bands out there, if they could consider if they could take any one of those songs and consider it among their finest work, they would be like super stoked. I I, I sure as hell know that I that I would as a songwriter, but obviously I can't do that. Um these are two great songs. Interstate Love Song, I think, is just better uh it's the one that i'm going to listen to more often although quite frankly i'm going to listen to i celebrate stps certainly their first uh three albums uh so i'm going to listen to all of these songs many more times in my life but uh interstate love song is the one that i'm probably going to listen to the most because i just love it so my vote's going for interstate love song interstate love song picking up its first vote Chris, is it going to be decided here? Are you leaving that up to Jeff? Uh, so before I get into my pick, I want to just make a, a a statement or two. One is, uh, you know, we put on a show for you here. I I, try, I can't speak for the panelists, but I try and make this entertaining. Uh, but at the end of the day, I agree with Mike. Like, there's very little Stone Temple Pilots that I'm not going to listen to. I I I love their catalog. I remember, no, no, I remember. I remember reading an article the last couple of weeks when we were talking about making doing this bracket that there was some award show that Stone Temple Pilots had when their first album came out, and they somehow in that award show won the best and worst new uh, band or new group uh, award. But they were they've been a divisive band from the beginning. People love them or hate them, and I think, and I I can't speak for everyone, but I think as time has grown on, I think we've come to realize that they are actually a really solid band and they had a lot to say it's just maybe we weren't ready to listen to them at that point in time and with with what's going on from a dependency standpoint in the u.s right now damn it now is the time to freaking listen to what scott wyland spent a two decades of his life the last two decades of his life talking about and how a dependency is a damn problem in this country um i think that's a very important message I love this band's catalog. Top to bottom, soup to nuts, I think it's great. Even Shrang Lottie, it, it, it's not my favorite album, but you know what? I'm more likely to go back and listen to that than I probably ever am to listen to half the stuff Metallica ever put out. Three, no, nine-tenths of the stuff Metallica ever put out. I'm more likely to go back and listen to that particular album because Stone Temple Pilots is just, to me, more impactful. With that being said, I've got to make my decision here. And I'm going well over my one-minute mark, and I'm okay with that because I edit the show. Uh, I I can't help but feel like I feel like Hugh Glass right now. Uh, Hugh Glass, for those of you that don't know, is the lead character from The Revenant. And in The Revenant, Hugh Glass, for the entirety of that movie, is put through literal hell. Having to make decision after decision in an environment and in a hellscape that he doesn't want to exist in. Until the very end, when he gets to kill, I think his name is Fitzgerald, Tom Hardy's character. He gets to, he has the chance to kill Fitzgerald. 
And throughout the entirety of this damn bracket, Mr. Mike Mott, you have made me vote against tripping out a hole in a paper heart. And you found the matchup that is finally going to let me say, yes, that is a better song. Interstate Love Song is fine. Tripping out a hole in a paper heart is the better song. It's a better song. It's more impactful. It is going to sit with me a lot longer. For some reason with me, Interstate Love Song is a good song. I will listen to it if it's on. Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart is a song that will not leave my psyche. It won't. I love that song. And the fact that you put it up against, oh, my Lord. Wonder, like, ugh. I'm still mad that I talked you into adding Wonderful to this list and you put it there. You could have put it in a freaking play-in game. I will name the songs you could put it. You could have put it up against either Down, No Way Out, Cracker Man, Dead and Bloated, Pretty Penny, Still Remains, Lady Picture Show, or Tumble in the Rough, and it would have been a better pick than any of those, but you put it in the main bracket against this? Come on, man. I am actually somewhat relieved that I finally, finally, finally get to cast my vote for tripping on a hole in a paper heart because that song is really good. It just had the unfortunate for me, the unfortunate placing of going up against some of my favorite Stone Temple Pilot songs on its difficult road to the championship game. Thank God it's here, and I'm putting this in Jeff's more than capable hands. My goodness, that was an enthusiastic vote for tripping on a hole in a paper heart. And I am so happy that you got to make your voice heard. And that is what we do at Boozy Bracketology. So, Jeff, I feel like there's two well, great cases ahead of you. And anyone has a buzzer is. beater opportunity uh, if they want. I feel like but I just there's used some head I think Chris just, like, shot his I'm whole sold. buzzer beater wad there. I mean, that was... <laughs> I don't know how I can vote against it now. Jeez. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to point out the, the 1997 Grammy Award for best hard rock performance went to the Smashing Pumpkins Bullet with Butterfly Wings uh, despite all my rage we are still all just rats in a cage we get it uh, the other songs here uh, it, that were nominated uh, were Alice in Chains again great song Rage Against the Machines Bulls on Parade go win it now Soundgarden's Pretty Noose which is another great song the fifth nominee there Stone Temple Pilots tripping on a hole in a paper heart I did not realize that 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 song was actually respected that much in its day you know the Grammys get a lot of things wrong uh for uh for example the uh the next year they would give the uh the, the award to the uh smashing pumpkins again for the end is the beginning of the is the end when they had a chance to give it to monkey wrench uh <laughs> seriously guys what the hell uh the Grammys not necessarily the best uh, deciders of, of what the best uh, in hard rock is at any particular point in time, but I, I find it interesting that they they put it up against you know some of these songs that are that are 
you know, we still listen to and they're just really still well known. I mean, everyone knows Bullet with Butterfly Wings at this point. Uh, everyone's heard that song. Everyone knows Bulls on Parade. Uh, and for whatever reason, Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart just doesn't get the respect of some of those other songs. I don't know why. Uh, because as, as Chris just pointed out, it is truly a great song. Uh, our final here is between two wonderful songs, two songs I could listen to over and over and over again. But as, as I said, I think at the top of the podcast, Trippin' on a Hole in my paper, in a Paper Heart is still my favorite STP song. Uh, as much as I've praised Interstate Love Song over the past couple of rounds, uh, I think Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart, this, that mix between bouncy music and depressing lyrics is catnip to me. I don't know why. I think the uh, you, you throw that in with a, a fun little guitar solo, and... You really just have the the a song that is made for my consumption, uh, and so I hope that you know. I think when if you if you ask thirty people on the street what should win a Stone Temple Pilots best song bracket, you know you get a few Interstate Love songs in there. Sure, I don't think there will be a single one of those thirty that would pick different on a hole in a paper heart. I really hope that our listeners here. We'll take this opportunity to say, wow, Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart won this fucking bracket. There must be something there. Listen to that song and have your life enriched. And to Ryan Schreiber of Pitchfork Magazine, who put the album from which Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart came out with through such a ringer. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart is a truly great song, and it deserves to be called the best of Stone Temple Pilots. I grant it its victory. Victory granted. Trippin' on a Hole in a Paper Heart did win this fucking bracket. And I think the words Mike would use to describe it is, that's a juggernaut bitch. <laughs> Thank what? you so much for listening. Hey, I, I, can't, I can't complain. I can't I complain. don't even get the reference. There's no better words, honestly. And there you have it, folks. Tripping on a hole in a paper heart is the best stone Temple Pilots song. Thank you so much for listening with us. I'm going to pass it along to Chris. Talk about the socials. Before I get into socials, I want to admit to Mike and Jeff, like my brackets busted. I did not see it going this way at all. Uh, me neither. Totally happy it did. Uh, you can find the Boozy Bracketology podcast on Instagram or Facebook, Boozy Bracketology Twitter at Boozy Brackets due to those daggum character limitations. Are you enjoying the show? Like, do you want to do us a favor? Leave us a five-star rating. Write us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. Tell your friends if you're enjoying it. Uh, tell your 
older family because if you can't tell over the course of the last couple of minutes, we do use some coarse language. Uh, but seriously, we've enjoyed bringing this to you. If you're enjoying the show, five-star rating, write us a review. That'd be great. Sarah, back to you. Thank you, Chris. My heart's finally calming down after this bracket. It was an amazing time, and I thank you all for listening, and I thank you guys for joining me. And I have been your host, Sarah. I've been Chris, and a special shout-out to Sarah. Yeah, whoa. A special shout out to Sarah. That is her first hosting opportunity, everybody. Nicely done, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for stepping up. I have been Chris. I've been Mike. And I'm Jeff. Have a great night, everybody.